Man, give the Lord a hand clap. Man, that's, that's good wisdom. Man, we appreciate those folks. That is good. You know, even in the small things, God's still God, isn't he? See, a lot of times we just want to try to handle it all our own. But you know, when he says, I'm so big and I'm so good and I love you so much that I'll be involved in any and every aspect of your life. Amen. That's who we serve. Amazing God. Well, that being said, today, the message is called Forever God. Forever God. God is always the same. Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same today, yesterday, yesterday, today, and forever. And I was thinking about that as I was studying this week. And I thought, you know, just what this week has been pretty interesting, hasn't it? If you guys have followed the news and different things, there's always different bills, there's different taxes, there's different standards, there's different votes. Things are always changing. But I tell you, as we go into this message, I think you're going to be encouraged today that God never changes. Amen? So I thought, wouldn't it be kind of cool just to take a little snapshot back of about 50 years, right? And just go back about 50 years and look at some of the changes. See if y'all can relate to some of this, all right? I'll focus up on here on the screen. I'm going to read them off to you. Just, and I just did this in like worldly change, just to give us a, just a little overview. Now what we're doing is when I was studying out here and looking for a few, a few things online, I was looking at between the years 1962 and 2011, okay? So we're going to just read some of these off for those listening online. A pair of Levi jeans started out in 1962 about $5. And then last year, they were $50, amen? Can you say inflation? Can you say change? Because that's all you're going to get back if you go to go shopping and get a little bit of change, maybe. 1962, look at that haircut on that lady. $3. And look, they left more on her head and charged her $100. What's up with that? You know, I've come to the conclusion you cannot get a bad haircut. Look at mine. Right? <laughs> you guys be nice. Oh, man, what else did we see here? Now, college. What is that? Penn, uh, Penn University, Penn State? University of Pennsylvania. That's what it is. I'm sorry. Man, can you remember this? $1,250 for a year of school. Back in 1964. And last year they say it was over $42,000. How about gas prices? Whoa, if I say amen there. 1962, 31 cent a gallon. And last year, and even sometime during last year, it was even more than this, but $3.73. All right, a few more changes. Now this really hit me hard right here. A Hershey bar was five cents, and now it's a dollar. How about the movies? A little something to do. 75 cents, and then they were up to $7 now, maybe even more, uh, to take your family to the movies. Got one more slide here I want to hit you with, I believe. How about milk? 49 cents, now $3.99 for some milk. Coffee, if you're a coffee drinker, you can relate to this. Back in 1960, they said 10 cents, 15 cents, but sometimes now, as, as last year, up to $1.65. And Tim says it's well worth it, right? Yeah. All right. Now let's see. How about our homes? You know, things go up and down and all around on that too. 1962, they say the average cost of a home in the United States was $12,700. That's not even a good down payment now, is it? My father-in-law smiling. <laughs> he said, that's a long time ago. He said, I remember that, right? Here we go. This is what I remember. <laughs> 2011. Anywhere from an average house cost $150,000 to $250,000. Now, I want to share something with you talking about change. This is want to kind of get us in the frame of mind. Even when I went to the grocery store this week, I was in shock. This, this is crazy. Are you all ready for this? When I went to the grocery store and I was running along, I went to get a cart. The cart were locked together. And you have to deposit a 25-cent piece in that rig. I'm going to show you because I went back yesterday. I even went back and took a picture of it for y'all. I did. Look at 
someone in here to release that, to get that. Now, I understand where they're going with this. You know, people taking them home and not putting them back and everything else. But it's going to cost you a quarter to get that thing loose. The good news is if you bring it back, they give you a quarter back. Okay? So that's not bad. But you know what? Uh, I understand. But think about it. Everything that we see, this is where I'm going with this. Things get, seem to get less personal and less personal and less personal. Now, when I was a little guy, I always thought the job to have would be a bad boy. Because they had people taking, taking stuff out to your car. You know, you would almost have to wrestle the guys. No, I got it. No, I'll take it, ma'am. I got it. No, no, sir, I got it. Right? So, you know, they made it personal. And, you know, that customer service. How I many know customer service is, is tough, man? If you got somebody that's got customer service, you've really, you've really come across a good thing. But you know what? Because that's based on relationships. Right? Relationships. But I thought that was kind of interesting. And as I looked at that, I said, man, everything we, we look at, it seems like the world has figured out a way to charge you or to tweak it or get a little bit more out. A little bit more out of you. So, but that's, and the reason I say that is, you know, that's really the world we live in. That's what we're looking at so many times. But the good news is this. God never changes. Amen. So we'll get back on point with that and be glad that, uh, you know what? You guys take a handbag next time you shop and save the quarter, all right? All right. And our scripture again, I got it up here, but I always encourage you to bring your Bibles, like I said. And if you're listening online, we're talking about Hebrews 13, 8. It says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, isn't it great to know that with everything else changing, just like we just talked in the natural right there, changing with money and things and fads and stuff like that, that God never changes. He's a forever God, amen? He's constant. He's always there for us. And this is what I want to say. So why is this so important? You know, and I thought, man, that's what we're going to discuss today. When we start looking at this, I promise you that this message is going to build your faith on a solid foundation of Jesus Christ. We need to know who he is and what he does. And as we explore the characteristics and the character of Christ, it's going to strengthen us in the promises of God. How many of you use a little strength in the promises of God? Amen. It's always good to build up our faith. So understanding these truths, man, can revolutionize our walk with the Lord. So let's go ahead and dig in. Let me get a big amen for a kickoff. Amen. All right. God never changes. All right, let's just unpack this just a little bit here. And there's our verse we're going to tie it back into. And I'm going to share something with you guys. You know, as soon as we say amen today, when everybody leaves, I'm asking, well, what are we going to preach on next week? You know, I'm always looking and listening. And, and we always, you know, we, we look at prayer requests and we talk to folks. And, and I don't just want a message. I want the message that God has for us at a time such as this. And, you know, with all the changes and stuff, I, I was just thanking the Lord. Lord, you never change. I'm so thankful. I'm so grateful that even though my response and, and things going on and, and all things change, it's just like this morning. We came in here. We played last night. The equipment was set fine. We put it in the truck. We came back from Gloucester. We put it up this morning. Guess what? This, one, this, this tower didn't work. The air conditioner wasn't on. There was a bunch of things like that. But, you know, how we respond during those things says a lot. So when we call, you know, our, our landlords, we said, hey, we're not complaining, we're just informing. And if you could do something about it, we appreciate it. See, there's all the difference in the delivery. You know what I mean? They got it, they got it going. I'm really grateful for that. And we want to be good stewards of, of what the Lord's entrusted to us. But going back to this God never changing, even in the midst of a world that's always changing. I was praying and I, and I asked the Lord, I was sitting in my, my lazy boy, and I know my family thinks a lot of times dad must be sleeping. But a lot of times dad's praying. And I thought this was really uh, amazing what the Lord revealed to me. He said, oh, that's kind of simple, but it's, it's really powerful. I said, Lord, how come you never change? I said, Lord, how come you never change? And immediately when, when I asked that question, 
right? This is, this is what he gave me. He said, you know, he's perfection. I said, yeah. And you think that if perfection changed, then it, it's no longer perfection. If we move off the mark of perfection, it's no longer perfection, right? And if it needed change, it was never perfection. God never changes. I thought, man, he makes it so simple sometimes, but so powerful. We try to make it hard, but God doesn't have to change because he's perfect, amen? That's what he, he does, what he needs to do for us each and every day, amen? So take a look at this. I've got some word anchors laced in here all day long. I want you guys to be able to plug these in and read this later. Malachi 3, 6 says, I am the Lord and I do not change. That is why you descendants of Jacob are not already destroyed. He's a compassionate God. Amen. God is merciful. The Lord is merciful. When I thought about this, he continues to be patient with us. So let's not abuse his grace. See, sometimes we think that God not responding immediately is giving his okay. That's not the case. God's extended his grace and his mercy, desiring us to turn back to him. Because he's a loving God and he's compassionate, but he is a holy God. So you know what? When the Holy Spirit tugs on our heart, let's make those adjustments. And each and every one of us has to make those adjustments. But you know what? Even though God doesn't change, his word can change everything. Amen? Lamentations 3.22 says, Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed for his compassions never fail. And we think about that. I want to share a little story. When I got my hair cut yesterday, I talked to my friend. And, and, and just I said, man, that's right. I'm flying on my message. A friend of mine that uh, he lives in town, she got a new vehicle. She hadn't had it long at all. And when I went to, to where I get her hair cut, she didn't have her new vehicle. And I was like, hey. She said, you're not going to believe this. She said, I was leaving town. And I looked in my rearview mirror and I said, that person needs to stop. And they did. And luckily she was all right. And, and then the person left the scene. Okay? Left the scene. Broad daylight. Left the scene. Right there. And this is something that... that Kept rolling around in my heart. She said, you know what? The other side of the traffic just kept coming. They never stopped. They never, they just kept coming. Now, there was a few people that stopped and see what was going on. But overall, they just kept on going. Kept on going. Business as usual. And when the car left and went around the other one, the one that hit her, went around, had to go through them. So they slowed down and let them go. And they just kept going. Why did I bring that up? Are we compassionate people? If we're reflecting God, we need to be compassionate. That doesn't mean we stop at every single thing. But you know what? We can pray for folks when we go by. Don't put yourself or your family in a bad spot. But you know what? I just thought that was something that was really amazing. Then she told me something else. She says, in our new car, it's got, I don't know exactly, thing like OnStar or something like that. And when the car got hit, they came across the speaker system in her car and it said, there's been an impact in your vehicle. Are you okay? I thought that was amazing. She says, I think so. Can you call my husband? And immediately called her husband, gave the location, everything else. I said, isn't that something? That's really cool. But you know something's better than that? The Holy Spirit that dwells in us. And immediately I start thinking, you know what? When things are going on in our life and we get that nudge, the Holy Spirit says, that's not the best for you. You don't need to do that. Let's keep walking. But see, a lot of times we'll turn the volume down on that and turn the volume up on the world on what we want. But you know what? Isn't that amazing that that, that Holy Spirit lives in us and he's always pulling us to what's best. He's always encouraging and drawing us back into that relationship with the Lord. And I thought, man, isn't that amazing? Because the world kept going by. But the emergency system called. God is much more than an emergency system, my friends. God is a forever God. The Lord of heaven and earth. 
the creator of all things. And he dwells in each person that has put their faith and trust in him. So we have amazing power, amazing love, and amazing grace in the compassion of God that's in us. And I just thought, man, isn't that great? Isn't that a great picture of what God does for us? Amen? I thought that was pretty amazing. The Lord is faithful. Man, when we think about that, it ties in for him never changing. See, because, you know, even I don't want to let you down, but I'll probably let you down sometimes. Your husband, wife, sons, daughters, they don't set out, I don't believe, to let you down, but sometimes they choose for them. But you know what? We do the best we can and we, keep, we get back up. We ask for forgiveness. We keep on rolling. Okay? But you know what? God, in His perfection, and forever being God, being a forever God, He continues on the path. He's continuing to draw us in to walk us out through this journey. Because we know that our destination is secure in Christ. Amen? I want to say one other thing. I got to talk to some young folks yesterday. And uh, man, I always try to invest in folks and, and tell them about Jesus. And I shared the gospel message with this young fellow. And I said, you know, if, and after I told him everything that we, we talk about, you know, that it's about a personal relationship with the Lord. And then it's about us responding to that, that it's a gift. And I went through the whole thing. I said, I said, what do you think about that? He said, yeah. I said, well, do you think you'd go to, to heaven or hell if you passed away? He goes, I don't know. It's not up to me. And I thought, so many times we're not informed correctly. So I went back and I shared with him and I gave him Bible verses to encourage him and give him the pieces of the puzzle to plug in. Okay? But see, a lot of times people think it's not, it's not up to me. It's whatever God says. Well, God's already said it in his word. Right? And we're going to look at more of that. And we, we talk about it every week. But can you imagine going through life? How much peace are you going to have if you don't know if you're saved if you are saved? You don't know if you got salvation or you don't. You don't know if you can lose it or, or, or not. Well, today let's make it clear here. That you know what? There is only one way to heaven. John 14, 6, Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Let's make it clear that we know that the Bible says when we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Right? Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Right? So I always, if you guys ever, if, the, if, if you ever get in that, that mode uh, that, you know, the enemy's just, just, just chewing on you about something or past mistakes or this or anything like that, I want you to hear right now. Go to his word. Look at Romans chapter 8. That's a great place to be encouraged. Write that down because I'm going to tell you, it talks about this. It says, therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And you know, I don't care who we are, sometimes we can get down a little bit. That's just one place. But if you look at the book, his word, from cover to cover, it's a story about a loving God pursuing his children and drawing them back in the right relationship. Amen? That's what I'm talking about right there. So we have a God that is faithful all the time. When I think about raising my kids and looking, and looking at things, this is how the Lord's worked in my life. I believe when we get there, he'll probably say, that's, that's one of my teaching tools and a blessing as well. When you try to speak into the life of your children and you've done things and you've been through things and you can see things coming at the end of the road, you say, you know what? This is not the best for you. Let's walk this way. Let's walk this way. That's what God tells us. Hey, just like we were talking a minute ago, the Holy Spirit saying, hey, you know what? This is not the best for you. Walk here. Follow what I, I've told you. This is what's going on. Let me ask you a question. Does God answer prayer? Yes. Does God answer prayer all the time? This is, this is something I want to hear. Yes. Yes. Think about this. Well, listen to this. I, I, and I used to think about it. Listen when I pull it around here. He answers prayer all the time. Yes. No. And wait. So he does answer them, right? But it may be in a different form. 
And that's what I used to think too. And as I, I start studying and looking, he does answer prayer. Are you glad in your life that sometimes that even later on in life that he said no? I am. I'd have been married about 17 times before I met my wife, right? And he said, no. And I said, oh. But then Denise said, yes. I said, that was great, right? But you know, sometimes we don't see it right then. And so with, with that being said, I want you to know that God's listening. That God is responding on our, our best interest. Because he's made quite an investment in us. Amen? So this right here should, should be what gives us peace. When I was talking to that young fellow, uh, and, and other people a lot of times, if they're not sure of their salvation or, or different things like that, or they think they've got to add to what God did, um, there's not much peace in their life. And that's a great thing that we have as believers, that we should have peace that passes all understanding. Listen to me close. doesn't mean we doesn't, don't have a hard time. It doesn't mean that we don't get, you know, uh, sometimes we get a little anxious. But you know what? The Bible tells us, hey, don't be anxious. Just be in faith in the Lord and let Him work it out. And you, you can see as time goes by, when we look back in the situation that God's in control. Amen? Isn't it great that God never changes? Let me hear you say amen. Let's keep rolling in. Good deal. Now here's something else. God's Word never changes. God and His Word are one. I'm going to give you a word anchor for that. John 1.1, 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And we know that that's Jesus. Amen? He's with us all the time. His word is what should change us. Now think about that. God's word never changes, but his word can change everything. I want you to hear that. God's word never changes, but his word can change everything. God has the final say. When you get the bad report, God's got the final say. When your employer says this or that, God's got the final say. Whatever the case is, God has the final say. And I want us to continue to, to look into the word of God and allow it to transform us. Amen? So that should be encouraging. His love is what should change us. And let's think about that. The love of God has the power to melt the hardest heart and soothe the restless spirit. The love of Christ conquers hearts and saves souls. It's the goodness of God that draws people in. It's the goodness of God. Now, let me tell you, everything has its place in the Word of God. We need to know that sin separates us from God. We need to know that, you know, when He gave us the Ten Commandments, it wasn't that we could live up to it, it was to show us our sin, amen, so that we would welcome the Savior. See, when we look at that and say, man, I, I can't live up to that, He goes, I know. That's how holy I am. That's how my perfection is. So I'm going to send the perfect one, Jesus, to fulfill that. And when you put your faith and trust in Him, I look at you as if you... We're on that cross with Him. I put all the sin on Him. I took care of the sin problem. Will you receive it? See, a lot of times we think we're pulling up something new. God handled it all from the very beginning. Right? He handled it all from the very beginning and laid it on His Son. And the third day He rose again. Amen? So, love is what's supposed to change us. God's love. His goodness should change us. We just talked about that. God's goodness is amazing. I had a little scripture here. Romans 2, 4 I wanted to share with you. It says, and this is what we got right here out of Scripture, Romans 2, 4. It says, do you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can you see that His kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? God's goodness is drawing us back in. Amen. Let's take a look at this. His Word is a constant anchor for our soul. Have you ever thought about that? See, a lot of times people 
lose their direction because they don't have the anchor to their soul, Christ, right? They're not looking into the Word. And see, that is what gives us wisdom, instruction, guidance, encouragement, and peace. Listen to me. That's why the devil wants you to keep your Bible shut. That's why he wants to keep it under your bed, by your coffee table with an inch of dust on the thing, right? He doesn't want you to get a hold of that sword. He doesn't want you to get a hold of that sword. I was talking to Denise about that yesterday, and I, I, as I was writing a few things down, I thought, man, this is amazing. When I thought about that the, the, the word of the Lord is the sword of God. And I never saw this before. Just little things would pop in my mind. Sword, S-W-A-O-R-D. And the Lord said, you see that? It's a spiritual battle. It's my spiritual word. S-word, spiritual word. God's word working. Right? See, and not only does the devil want you to keep the Bible shut, he wants you to keep your mouth shut. Because there's power in our words. And when we start declaring things that God has promised you as a believer, let me tell you, things start changing. The atmosphere for the supernatural gets ready to roll. That's what I want you to hear right there. So don't shut your Bibles and don't shut your mouth. Open your Bibles and speak out the truth of God's word and watch things start transforming in your life. But you know what? We've got to hold the course. Right? And we have authority. I've used this illustration many times and I'll use it again because I want you to see a snapshot of the authority that God's placed in you. Let's just use it with just uh, regular stuff around town. If you were coming in town and there was a police officer right there at uh, the corner of Victory and he was doing this with his hand to stop and there's 500 cars, what are they going to do? They're going to slow down and they're going to stop. Is that man so powerful that he could stop those vehicles, a 4,000 pound car? Not at all. It's the authority in the badge that he has that gives him the privilege and the authority and the right to say, whoa, stop. Right? How much more do we have in us when the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ is in us? Get behind me, Satan. Right? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Being available. Speaking those words. No weapon form against me going to prosper. We're going to go forward with this thing. And so when we start speaking that, guess what? It starts changing everything. It starts changing everything because God says, I can trust her with that. I can trust him with that. I'm going to go ahead and move in that situation. They're faithful. Let's move in that situation. You watch how things will change. It doesn't always change the second you want it to. But I'm going to tell you what. If we hold a course and we keep trusting God, we will see it work out in God's time frame the way it's supposed to. Amen? Has anybody ever experienced that? There ought to be hands all over the place because God is just that good. Many things in my life I wanted to change at an instant. When we're in pain, we want it gone. We want this gone. We want this done. But you know what? Just like we've been learning on Tuesday nights, when, when the Israelites were going through the desert, it wasn't so much that it was a punishment. It was a time of teaching. It was a time of teaching in the desert. You know what? Because it stripped everything else away so they could hear the voice of God. And you know what? As we were, were studying this last week, I thought it was very interesting. When they were getting ready to come into the promised land, the next thing the Lord says, don't forget what I've done for you. Wow. As much as a test is for us in the desert times, I feel like sometimes after studying this week, the good times might even be a bigger test. He said, what do you mean? He said, don't forget me. And it showed a picture. We watched the DVDs and they go into this land overflowing with milk and honey, great trees and things, and, and they could cultivate vineyards and all these things. But right over their shoulders was where they came from. And they had to cling to God right there. They had to cling to Him real tight because every word, everything, every drop of water, He was their provider. Amen? 
Was he still the provider over here? Absolutely. But he entrusted things to them, right? And guess what? Before too long, they start saying, look what I've done. And they start worshiping idols. And all these things start going in. Be careful. The very things that God bless us with, many times we use, we allow the enemy to use to put between us and God. You hear what I'm saying? It's not about having stuff or anything. Like that. I know God blesses us and things like that. But what is the priority? What is the priority? You know, I've talked to people who say, well, I can worship God on a golf course. Okay? You know? But the Bible says, don't forsake the fellowship. Right? You can worship the Lord anywhere. But you know what? God wants you to be plugged into a body so there's accountability, so there's strengthening, so that you can be a part of what's going on in the body. There's a place for you somewhere, whether it's here or somewhere else. I always say this when somebody comes in and they're looking for a church. I said, well, you know what? We'd love to have you, but I want you where God wants you. Because that's going to be the best place. And some people go, what? We're not building the church. God's building the church. Our job is to this, to love people right where they are, to give them the truth of God's word, and trust God for the outcome. And I have to continue to tell myself that because I'd love to see this place full, full you know, busting out, all these things. But God will do it in His time frame. Everybody that's here, guess what? God knows where you're at. You're not here by mistake. So you know what? We're going to be praying for those that come in, and we're going to be loving on the folks that are here because we know that God is in charge, and He's a forever God. Amen? His promises are good all the time. I, mean, I said, be sure to read all this here on my notes. I got sidetracked there, but I want to make sure that we did. You know, I said, do you see why we need that it's absolutely essential to cling to the world? And I'm going to go back to this about the roadmap we talked just a little bit about there. When they were coming out of, of, the, of the desert, they were being led by the Lord. I'm, I'm jumping back to two stories, but I'm going to tie them together here. I told you a little bit about Tuesday night. Sometimes I try to pull that in so you guys can get a little snapshot of what we do on Tuesdays. It's really amazing teaching that we get to uh, be a part of. But you know, God was their source and God was their resource. Has that changed? Not at all. God's still our source and our resource. Many times we think we're the one. Well, let me ask you, who got you out of bed today? You know? Hey, I, you know, I was thinking this morning, when I, every morning when I leave, I pray over the boys, and uh, me and Thomas was up, and Denise was up, and Jess was still there, and I would just give him a big hug, and I said, Lord, thank you that we got a place that we're out of the rain. Thank you, Lord, that we got covers to pull up through our neck. Thank you, Lord, that we got a soft bed. You know, sometimes we, we miss the things that God has provided for so amazingly. Thank you for our health. Thank you for our family. Sometimes we just need to break it down and just say, Lord, thank you. You know, we talk about studying the characteristics of Christ. When I start looking at the characteristics of the goodness of God, what does it do to my day? It changes everything. When I start praising the Lord when we're singing, guess what it does? It changes everything. Because you know what? It puts God in the proper place in my life. Amen? God never changes. God's word never changes. Amen? Everybody doing good. Now, this is a good word here. I was thinking about this as we were rolling through. Y'all don't get a stiff neck on that. God's plan of salvation never changes. His plan, it's His plan based on His sacrifice. Again, I love to share the Word of God in church, on the job, in the parking lot, wherever. And you know what's so great? Is that there is one way. And it's so great that we, we know that, you know, we think, well, maybe I'll mess it up. God tells us if, we, if we're faithful and we just open our mouth, He'll fill our mouth with the words. We don't have to be uh, overbearing. We just need to tell somebody about Jesus. You know what? And we can be as simple as this. Just say, you know what? 
Invite them to church. Invite them to the outreach that we're doing. You know what? It might just say, hey, how are you doing? It might be sharing a smile. It doesn't have to be a full-blown message. But I'm telling you, the world is watching. So what do they see in your life? Amen? From the very beginning, the Lord had a plan to rescue us and restore us. Aren't you glad that God has a rescue mission for you? See, we've got to make that personal. Amen? Now, this is what I love here. We are still saved by grace through faith. Still, what he's done, right? We can't add to it. Can't add to it at all. All we got to do is receive it. It's his grace, our faith, and his sacrifice. I like this. If you, if you look in the word, I'll give you a word anchor for this. I thought about this story. Many of you guys might know it's in Acts chapter 16, uh, verses 30 and 31, when Paul and Silas are in jail, and they're praying, and there's an earthquake, and the jail cracks open, and all the prisoners move to the side, and the jailer, he wakes up, and he sees that everybody is gone. And he's responsible for them. So what does he do? He draws, the Bible says he draws out a sword. He's getting ready to take his own life. And they said, Paul says, hey, everybody's here. Everybody's here, right? And you know what the man says? This is the verse I want you to hear. You can write this down and look it up later. When he saw the goodness of God and he saw what God had done, he says this. What must I do to be saved? And they replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. What must I do to be saved? Trust in Christ. What must I do? Make it personal. Lord, come into my life. It's not about our works. It's about the one that did the work on the cross. Jesus. Amen? We cannot add to perfection. You think about that. If something's perfect, how can we make it better? When we try to earn our way to heaven, we're trying to add our efforts and ability to his perfection. Think about that. If, if I'm saying that i got to add something to what God did, then he didn't finish the job. Oh, I'm not saying that. People say, I'm not. well, that's what you are saying. When you say you, you have to do something to be saved, your works, your giving, your talents, or whatever like that, you're saying, you know what? Christ didn't get it done. And the Bible doesn't say that. Jesus, the Bible says that he got it done. Amen? He said, it is finished. He's sitting on the right-hand side of God. Why is he sitting? Because it's done. We just need to receive it. Amen? That's the crazy thing. So many times people think they've got to add something to it. Simple as just what I just read in uh, Acts 16. Just believe in Jesus. Amen. We cannot save ourselves. We just talked about that. But sometimes we need to, to face the truth of that and understand that we need Jesus 100%. We need Him 100% in the morning, at lunch, in the evening, all the time. We need Jesus. Amen. I thought that'd be a big amen there. Right? Absolutely. It's still a gift. We're talking about things not changing. It's still a gift. But you know what? We've got to receive it. We have to receive it. It's still the cross of Christ. It is the cross plus nothing. The cross plus nothing. You know, it's amazing. A lot of times when you talk to folks and they've been in and out of the doors of the church and they think they've got the full picture and they go around and say, yeah, but you have to do this, that, and the other thing to be saved. That's not what the, the message is. You say, why are you hammering this? Because you know what? I was standing around a lot of people yesterday and a lot of people knew and a lot of people don't. We walk through the shopping, shopping mall. A lot of people know and a lot of people don't. That's our mandate that God gives us as believers is to share that good news. Always be willing to give account of what you believe. You don't have to argue. You don't have to negotiate. You don't have to do anything else. But if they ask me what I believe, I'm going to tell them what I believe. And guess what I'm going to do then? I'm going to tell them where I got the message. You know what? When I ask people things sometimes, and I said, you know, uh, if you die tonight, would, would you go to heaven or hell? They go, yeah. And most prominently, and we talk about this week after week, they said, because I'm a good guy. 
I said, well, where's that? Where'd you hear that? Oh, I don't know. I don't want to go and be standing before the Lord on a, I don't know. The Bible says that we can know. And when we know Jesus Christ, we know that we're secure in Him. Alright? Let's keep on rolling here. It's always the cross. And it's still His love for His children. Now we look through this thing here, and I'm just going to go back and recap. You know, we talk about things that are changing, that never change. And that is a good thing that we understand, that the salvation message never changes. You say, but at the end, we always do this. Yeah, yeah we always will. Because that's what changes your life. The message didn't change. We can wrap it different ways and, and, and use uh, illustrations to help you understand. We ask the Holy Spirit to draw you in. That's the job of the Holy Spirit. We are just going to go ahead and, and, and proclaim it boldly and allow God to work in that. Because you know what? It's all about Him. Amen. It's still His love for His children. You see, when we start looking at how all this work is the work of God, do you see how it's coming to you? It's coming to you. God gave His Son to come here for you. Right? He poured out His blood for you. He died for you and me and my sin. And he rose for us as well. Amen? So that's why we need to be on point with this message, right? I thought about this too. You know, when I talked about our children. So many times, I know that, you know, my dad would have probably had a whole lot more hair if I'd have listened better. I'm sure over the years, I probably got him to pull a few hairs out. And uh, that's a good place to say amen if you knew me when I was growing up. And, and I thought, after all these things that, uh, you know, we do, and we did, and different things like that, he still loved me. Isn't it great? Now think about that. That's just a mere man or a mere woman, you know, moms and dads. They still love their kids, right? How much more is God? He sees the whole picture. He saw when you were going to blow it, blow it here and back there and what you're going to do 30 years from now. And, all that. and he said, you're still worth it. I'm coming. You're still worth it. I'm going to pay the price for you. See, this is what needs to get down in our hearts. So when we start hearing different things and stuff, and it doesn't line up with the word, we go, you know what? That is not the truth. Don't buy the lie of the enemy. Invest in the truth of God. Invest your life into God's word. That's why he did what he did for us. You know, you can just name anything that, that we do. We treat him poorly. We, we, we forget about him. We, we deny him and all these things. You know, we always want to jump on the back of Judas and go, I can't believe he sold the Lord out for 30 pieces of silver. We sell him out a lot cheaper every day if we're really truthful about it. If we're really truthful about it. When we, you know how we do that? When we choose our will over his will. When we choose our way over his way, we sold him out. But let me tell you. He saw you from the very beginning to the very end. And he says, I still love you. And I still save you. And I still restore you. That's the love that God has for his children. Amen? His love never fails. It's eternal. God's love never fails. Well, while I was sitting in my rocking chair, I was thinking about this. Why does his love never fail? I said, well, why does your love never fail? You know when he spoke to my heart? He said this. Because it's unconditional. It has no conditions that would void it. It's sealed with the blood of Christ. Amen. I can see it in your life. I can see it in the word of God. And I can see it in my life. That God's love never does fail. You know what? And sometimes it's good to get a little laugh along the way. But that doesn't change the truth, does it? What I write don't change the truth. What God wrote in his word is what's true. Amen. So that's what we want to look at there. Go back. I want to go over this point because this, this is what the devil didn't want you to get because of my misspelling, all right? Why does his love never fail? Because it's unconditional. It has no conditions that would void it. 
See, so many things, like when you go to work, it's about performance. Right? Some relationships, if you could call them relationships, it's like, well, what have you done for me? If you do this for me, then I'll do this for you. God's not like that. It's unconditional. I love you the way you are because I created you. And he sees what you can be. Amen? He sees what you can be. That's what I think is so amazing. And look what he says here. You know what? It's sealed with the blood of Christ. It's sealed with the blood of Christ. It's his covenant. Amen? It's still the heart of God to see everyone saved. Listen close to what I'm going to say here. It's still the heart of God. It's his desire for everyone to be saved. I am not saying that everyone will be saved. It's God's desire that they be saved, right? Look at this. Because God says in 1 Timothy 2, 4, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the saving knowledge of the truth, right? That's one. Not everyone will be saved. You say, why? Because if you reject the only way to be saved, you will not be saved. There's one way, and it's Jesus, amen? There's one way, and it's Jesus. So a lot of times, just like with that young fellow, I don't know, it's not up to me, he said. Yes, it is up to you. It's up to you to respond to what God has put out there. That's our part, to respond. If I write you a check and put it in your pocket and you never cash it, you're never going to get the blessing of it. God's done what he did. He's wrote the check, paid it in full. But unless you cash it by faith, it doesn't do you any good. It doesn't do you any good. A matter of fact, if you think about it, if you reject that, you have no hope. The Bible's very clear on that. Very clear. But his unconditional love has no conditions on it. Amen? So not everyone will be saved. Ezekiel 18.32 says, For I take no pleasure in the death of anyone, declares the sovereign Lord. Repent and live. He wants us to turn from sin and turn to God. Now, you know what today? The message is, is very foundational, but you know what? We need to go back to the basics from time to time to strengthen our foundation. Strengthen our foundation. When you're out there, you think about just like with your car. It's getting hit with all types of things. Road debris, this, that, and everything. Every now and then, it needs to be shined up. It needs to be buffed out. That's the same with our spirit sometimes. You know what? We need to open that word and allow that to penetrate our hearts so that we get back in the game, rejuvenate our walk with the Lord. Amen? Let's take a look at this. Now, here's something that you guys are pretty familiar with, and I just want to prove my point with this. John 3, 17, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. Now, we read that a lot, and we just go, oh, yeah. But do we take that and bring it into our life and claim it? When, when the enemy says, you know what, you did this, and you did that, and you did this, and you did that, you're no good, you're not worth it, right? God says, you know what, I didn't send my Son into the world to condemn it. I sent my son in the world to save him. Will you trust me? Will you believe me? Will you receive that? I pray that today the answer is yes. I pray that if you give the answer before and you say, yes, Lord, I'll receive you, and you're feeling a little wounded today, that this restores you. Because what I want to do is take the truths of God's word, him being a forever God that never changes, and seal them in your heart so that you will be strong when the enemy tries to attack you. And you'll have those opportunities to, to be in spiritual warfare, right? But you know what? You can conquer each thing through Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. Everybody doing good? Say amen. I want you to hear this. There is not an obstacle in the world that can keep God's love away from you. It's only us rejecting it. There's not an obstacle in the world that can keep God's love from you. It knows no distance. It knows no boundaries. He is pursuing you for a love relationship. 
It's about getting our heart right with Him and saying, Lord, I agree with you. There is sin in my life coming to my life. Everyone makes choices. Everyone makes choices. Life's about choices. And it's a personal decision. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Have you made that choice? Life's about choices. Amen? Now, you know what? The Bible says that we have free will. God didn't create robots, right? He says that, you know what? You have the choice to choose. Just like we said, not everybody will be saved because some people will reject the Lord Jesus. And if you reject the only way to salvation, then there's nothing else. Amen? There's nothing else. We have an opportunity today. See, have you ever noticed all our messages come and bring to a point where a point of decision? See, if you don't come to a point of decision, you'll never make a decision. We want you to make a decision. And we want to come alongside you to walk that decision out. Amen? We want to encourage you. So guess what? Today, you have an opportunity. I want to remind you of this. We have an unchanging God. You say, buddy, I know you keep saying that. I want you to understand that. With everything in the world changing, you got to know, you got to know that God never changes. Because everything in your world can be stripped away. And you got Jesus. He's still in the game. Everything. When we get the reports, when we get all the other things that try to pull us away from the truth, cling to the truth because it's unchanging. Amen? We have His unchanging Word. Aren't you glad that God's Word never changed? Wouldn't it be something that every time you open up the Bible, it was like a little bit different? And how, how, could you, how could you have any peace in that? How could you build on that? You know, when, when I was a kid, I used to walk, we used to love when it would freeze up a little bit, we'd walk out on the ice. You know, you're not supposed to in the deep water, we just do it in puddles because I can't swim. And you'd walk out a little bit, you walk out a little bit, and it's starting to crack. And it's starting to break. And you start to slip. The ways of the world are just like that. The, the Word of God is just like a solid foundation. You can walk on that. You can pray on that. You can stand on that. And you can grow on that truth. Amen? That's what I want you to hear today. And here's something else. He offers His unfailing love to you. It's hard for us to get our minds around that sometimes. It really is. Because what we see in the world is so different than what we see in the world. We have friends for a long time and, and then something happens and we go, wow, what happened? Was there something wrong with me? Did I say something? Did I do something? Did they change? What's going on? You know? Change is not a bad thing for us if it draws us closer to Christ. Amen? So when we make a change, make sure we're making a change to line up with the Word, to line up with the Lord, to line up with His best. Amen? And I thought about this today right here. We have a choice. Choose life in Christ. He's a forever God. I want you to get a hold of that title. I kept thinking, Lord, what do I, what do I, what do I, write, what do I write about this title? You're showing me this over and over and over. And he just said, he says, I'm a forever God, buddy. I'm a forever God. I'm a, I'm a God of forever, eternal God. I'm in it for the long haul. While you're breathing and while you're not. But while you are breathing, speak my word. Speak my truth. Speak my promises. Claim it. Proclaim it. Share it. And let it transform your life. And I want to use your life. Each one of us. I want to use your life some way, somehow. 
You say, I don't know how I, how I can be used. I'll tell you this. As we bow our heads and pray here tonight, ask the Lord. Say, Lord, I'm available. Use me how you will. And you will be amazed how God will work in your life. Because he's looking for the vessel that he can use. You don't get all wrapped around the wheel if somebody's being used in this manner and you're not. And she's being used in this manner and he's not. Because it's a personal relationship and with everything he's packaged in you uniquely, God says, I can use you. And he knows where you are and he's placed you here for a time such as this. For a time such as this. So I pray that you take the message today. And you got all the pieces of the puzzle. So we have a choice. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. I'm going to pray with you. And I want you to listen with your hearts open wide today. We looked at a lot of things today. We looked at how God never changes. The word of God never changes. The plan of salvation never changes. And God's love never fails. Let me ask you to look in your heart right now. Do you see those things that God has put in you? Do you see the love of the Lord that he's, he's, he's given you? Have you ever called on the name of Jesus? That's what I want to ask you first. And there's folks coming in week after week, and I say the same thing, because you know what? God's plan of salvation doesn't change, and we want to make sure that you know. So if you're here today and you've never asked the Lord to come into your life today, call on the name of the Lord and say, Lord, come into my life and forgive me of my sin. Today I want to walk with you. And Jesus says, you know what? I will seal you with my spirit. If you're here today and you say, buddy, you know what? That's just what I needed this week. There's been so many things crazy. My job, my world, the news, my family. It's been up and down and all around. But you know what? I know from what you shared with me today out of God's word that he's a forever God and I can trust him. If that's you today, I'll tell you what. Hold on to that. Hold on to that, not just for today, but you walk that out every day of your life. Because God loves you the way you are. And he continues to draw you closer to him. He's a forever God. And He forever loves His children. So Father, I thank You for this today. I thank You, Lord, that You know what? You give us opportunity. And we have opportunity to come to the saving knowledge of Your Son. Right here, right now. Don't put it off. And you know what? I want you guys to hear this again. I'm going to say it one more time. The Lord God is forever I want you to take stock in that. As simple as it sounds, it's profound truth. Wrap that around your heart. Wrap that around your mind. Study the Word of God and speak the Word of God. And walk it out this week because God is for you. Amen? Give the Lord a hand clap.